Welcome to the Seek 24 podcast. I'm John Michael Lucido, and I am so glad that you are here. This podcast is a place of community, collaboration, and inspiration created to invite and encourage you deeper into relationship with Jesus. So here we go. Welcome to this special edition of the Catholic Man Show for all of you guys and gals who are going to the Seek Conference this year, Seek 2024. The theme of Seek is be uh, be a light. And I love, uh, we have a, a good priest here in the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. His name is Father Brian O'Brien. And one time he was on our episode, uh, one of our shows and he said, you know, you should always bring the light, but not the heat. I like bringing the heat, though. I do too. I, I, I actually it do doesn't too. work. It doesn't work a lot of times. It, makes, it feels good. <laughs> it feels good. What do we do it? Um, so, so we thought we would talk about uh, you know with, with the theme being be a light. We thought about hospitality. We thought hospitality would yeah. be a good uh, topic to to talk about because hospitality is 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 one of the main ingredients in evangelization. Yeah, yeah really, hospitality is a victory. So. Uh, there are many things that happen that have to happen, virtues that need to be taking place before you get to the virtue of hospitality, okay? So, like, the primary one is order. You need to have, like, some level of order. Hospitality can take place on many levels, okay? So, you know, if, if we're talking about hospitality of a family, like, if you're raising a family and you have all these kids, you're going to need a lot more order involved to practice the virtue of hospitality. You know, if you're just... Uh, you know, if you're in college and it's just you, um, things are a lot simpler. It's praise be God for that. Um, but hospitality is such an essential virtue. I don't think it gets talked enough about because it's essential to having a community. Right. Okay. So you, there would be no such thing as a community without this virtue of hospitality. Okay. Which we which we have seen, you know, over the course of the last even 20 years since, you know, Dave, you and I, we, when we used to be young... You know, yeah. we used to be that, like young. You know, you know what, man? I still feel young until I'm around young people. And then you realize, and I'm I, like, oh my gosh, I'm not young. Uh, but you know, when we were growing up, we knew all of our neighbors by name, and, right? And and where everybody was, like as kids, and we'd have potlucks. Yeah, as kids, and, it's like we could drive our bike down to like Mrs. So and So lives there. Uh, you know, So and So lives there, and you know, so you knew that like, oh, that old lady is cranky. Um, that one will give you candy. Right. Um, like they're never home. Uh, you know, and you knew everything about your neighbors, the people down the street from you. But that is such a foreign concept these days, right? You know, you, you go. You, yeah, there's this like, susp- there's so much suspicion now. Right. Which is sad. And, you know, maybe it has to be that way. I don't know. Like, but the, that's how it is. And so um, there, there's certainly good or bad is something that's been lost. Yeah, and I think hospitality is is you know like we said a main ingredient for not only evangelization but at the very beginning it starts with friendship. Right. Right. It, it's like a, a commonality that you're building upon one another. It's like, hey, come share these good things that I have. I lo- I have good things and I want to share them with you. Yeah. And so friendship builds. You know, hospitality can build friendships. Friendships can lead each other. You know, to to the higher good, namely friendship with Christ, because mm-hmm. the friendships that we have in this life prepare us for the friendship that we will have with Christ forever and eternity. Exactly right. Yeah. So we're made for friendship. We you can't you cannot be happy in this life without it, right? Um, because we're made to be in relation in relation with one another, just like for what you said, practicing being in relationship with Christ. Um, 
there's a, a really fundamental truth that it was like, man, when I learned this, it just really changed the way I looked at the world, the way I looked at myself and my family, and that um, this concept, which is not new. It really hit. Huh? It hit. Oh, man, it did. Is that what the kids say? I don't know. I have no idea what they say. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. know. I don't, I don't, I think maybe like, I don't know if stuff is still fire. I don't even know. I don't know. Okay. Doubtful. I don't even try. There's no way. I do not even try to keep up. Yeah. So you're at like, I'm asking. Don't ask me that question. It's yeah. a risky, it's a risky question. Okay? okay. But it's the concept that the family is in being an imperfect society. Hmm. Okay. And basically that the family is not enough for itself. Right. Um, because of all the things we talked about, you know, like, oh, you know, the world is not as safe as it used to be. There is a temptation, especially once you start raising a family, to kind of isolate, pull yourself, you know, like, quote unquote, Benedict option. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is not okay. Actually, it's not okay. Now, you might have to decide, and you will decide it, you know, throughout your life. We're not going to, we're just not going to, like, be friends with them. Okay, and we're not saying you have to be friends with everybody, right? right? Or I'm not going to participate in these type of activities, yeah, or whatever. Exactly, yeah. You're going to make choices. That's not what we're talking about. You just can't isolate yourself because that's not what you're made for. The family you need. You actually have a vested interest. Okay, so like I'm raising four girls and a boy. You have four boys and a girl, right? I have. I need to make sure that other people, like for instance, that you, Adam, are raising your sons worthy. Someday, maybe marrying my daughters, mm-hmm. right? And of course, we've already got the legal paperwork all taken care yeah, of. Like we already yeah. know who's you know who's divvying up to who. But um, but still, I I have a vested interest. If I I can't just like go focus on my family, right? Right? Because otherwise, oh, when my daughters are to that age, like I don't even know, right? I need to make sure that you're raising your sons the right way. Okay, so there's a need f- for me on the one hand. Um, but also, I have a debt. I have an obligation. I have justice actually compels me into, into hospitality as a member of the community that I'm a part of because I have to be a part of this community because, my, the, once again, the family is this imperfect society. I owe you something, okay? I actually owe you my service. I owe you my time. I owe you part of my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's what hospitality is, Right. So it's not always just cooking for people or hosting. Right. right. No, but I do I do find that those who are the most hospitable people are those who are uh like deny themselves the most, who are always outward thinking, who are always thinking of other people. How do I include these people? How do I make yeah. these people feel a part of the community? How do I like they're constantly worried about the other. Mm-hmm. In fact, like um not too long ago I was um I was actually reading one of the reflections on Exodus 90 and it said, it mentioned in there that at the funeral, the liturgy, the funeral, the liturgy of funerals, uh, it talks about how the martyrs of the church welcome the souls into heaven. And it made me stop and think, it's like, it's a beautiful thought that those who laid down their life for the faith, those who were self-sacrificial, those who, who, who denied like their own goods for a greater good, are those who are welcoming souls, in, who are being hospital, who are bringing yeah. these souls into the community, into the community of, heaven. of heaven. Yeah. And so I really thought, like, how awesome is it that, you know, 
you know, we pray that, you know, one day we will, we will be welcomed by the martyrs, those who were worried about other people, like namely our, their relationship with Christ and, like, you know, their, their faith. Uh, and they're the ones who are welcoming us into this community of, with the Lord. It would be so awesome to get martyred. Like, I know that sounds bad. I know what it sounds like. All right. But think about the long-term game, okay? <laughs> you got to think about the long game here. Like, it would be it would be cool. You know, you'd say, like, Dave, that sounds terrible. It would be at, at first. At that moment. Okay? But we're talking but about then eternity. think about forever, okay? Like, yeah. it would be awesome. Like, but don't it's you think... The, it's the greatest gift, Isn't you know? that a cool thought, though? Like, it, is, it is a cool in, thought. In the, like, the, uh, the liturgy of, of funerals, it talks about how may the soul who's just passed away be welcomed into you know the uh, all of eternity by the martyrs yeah and you know what um they also used to do you know speaking of hospitality there were parts of the culture back then that were part of the funeral rite where you know they would do certain things and then 3 days later they would all gather with the bereaved to comfort them mm-hmm. and then i think on the 7th day they would get together again that sounds very biblical yeah um, and so there were just so many beautiful things that used to be a part of the Jewish ceremonial uh, rituals and the, the rite that, um, you know, ensured that the community was taking care of each other, mm. right? Because we do have an obligation to each other, and it's something that we need to take seriously. If you, if you want to be a member of fill-in-the-blank community, mm-hmm. then you now have an obligation to them, okay? And we're all a part of a, sort of a concentric circle of communities, Okay. Um, you're part of your family. Mm-hmm. You're part of your parish. You're part of your college. You're part of, you know, well, your, and, your work. And part your of this workplace, is, is whatever really it like is. preaching to the choir, right? Those who are part of Focus, those are who, who are Focus missionaries, they know this the best, right? It's all about building a community. It's all about welcoming sure. them into their community, right? Yeah. Like, oh, hey, do you uh, you want to come to the Bible study with me on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, these kind of like. And you know what I love about Focus, um, which they just get it so right. Is it's one on one, okay? Um, I have become and like the more I have thought about this, the more, the longer I have continued to think about it, the more convicted I am that small things are the big things, okay? So if like if you really want to change the world, if you want to bring someone into the church, I'm not saying that like your YouTube channel can't bring someone into the church. God. And his grace can use anything, okay? But um, on a natural level, the way God made us is that if you're not looking somebody in their eyes, the chances of you converting them or changing their mind even on anything, mm-hmm. whether it's the faith or or anything else, mm-hmm. they get really small really fast, mm-hmm. you know? But if you can have a human experience with somebody and actually look at them, um, now this is because this is the way we were made to be with each other, because we're made for this kind of communion, yeah. You know, not this sterilized, you know. Oh, I have Facebook friends, you know, right. com- version of, of communion. So, all of those, all of those concentric circles you're in, mm-hmm. you have different obligations to them, you know. But it's something that you need to think about and take seriously, because um, that is where to tie this together a little bit evangelization can often take place the most. Um, it's, it's not so often when somebody comes into the church, it's not because they were convicted by doctrine. Mm-hmm. It's not because, you know, they, uh, 
just like, oh, I read the Church Fathers. That happens. It happens, you know, there's plenty of people out there who, who have that story. Most of the time, it's because, well, I was invited. Right. Oh, I found a community. Um, those, are, that's, those are the things that bring people in. So if, if you don't have a community to welcome somebody into... You know, if, if you can't say, oh, yeah, come over, we're, we're getting, t-. and, you know, it's like, you know, there's going to be a group of people here that are, you know, we're vibrant, we all commit to each other, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm feeding the community, I'm, I'm putting myself into it, and I'm going to bring these other people into it. That, that's fertile soil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in, in college, man, uh, where people are still, they're looking, you know, that's, it's such a great time to be really focusing on this virtue of hospitality. Yeah, uh, one of the things that I thought you did really well a few years back uh, was throw a block party. The block party was fun. And, like, I was really, you know, uh, you, you and I, Dave, you and I, we've been best friends since we were five. We've, we've grown up together. I, I get it. I surprised even myself. Sometimes. With, with the yeah, initiative. Yeah. I know. You, and you really surprised me, but it was like, I, I was really proud of, like, being a part of that uh, because it was something that uh, did take initiative, did take thought. But it was something that was, it's so simple. It's so easy to do. Yeah. And there's so much uh, fruit that was bared because of that. Like, so yeah. many, like so much. So maybe just if you tell can, them about if it. If you can print off a flyer, I mean, I, and I employed your your sons and I yeah. went around to just start in a little neighborhood area, mm-hmm. you know, and just left these little flyers on everybody's door saying, like, hey, come. And we, uh, we didn't do it as a potluck. We actually were able to find some, uh, like, a couple guys to sponsor. Mm hmm. Uh, the beer and mm-hmm. and, the, and some the, of the food and yeah um so hot dogs hot, I mean, yeah hot dogs and hamburgers i mean it's like it's not like it was fancy but it was so awesome oh dude we fancy we oh, i mean we are we fancy but yeah the hot dogs weren't fancy yeah <laughs> okay um but it was so great because you know here's all these people like i've seen you mow your yard like a hundred times mm-hmm. and i have actually never said hi to you and you literally your house is like 150 feet from my house yeah but you're across the street on the corner and i don't talk to you and it's like man it's too far away from me. Right. Like, what am I just going to walk over there like a weirdo and be like, hi. It's just a weird uh, time of that we live in where we know what people are doing 5,000 right. miles away, like, but look, we don't know what people are doing 500 yards look, away. This is Oklahoma. When I'm mowing my yard, I'm trying to finish. Yeah, because it's hot. Okay, because it's hot. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm just worried about dying right. before I finish, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I, I really liked that. But yeah, but the, so the block party was great. You could have just be like, "Hey, it's potluck. Bring a side, right? Uh, and whatever." But like, yeah, we had a bounce house. Yeah, um, and we had, uh, and it was it was really really awesome. Over a hundred people show up. Yeah, in a, in our just our little bit of neighborhood area. Well, another easy way of hospitality, I think, is something that we learned from your father in law. Yes, the pew party. Pew party. Tell me about that. The pew party. So I have a brilliant father in law, uh, and this is one of his. This is one of his brilliant ideas. His daughter. My wife has all my best ideas, so it mm-hmm. runs in the family. Um, he, he came up with this idea of a pew party, and he did it. He talked about it for like two years before he finally like realized, I'm just, you know, I, I got, if I'm going to sit here and talk about it, I got to do it. So what you do is you invite everybody two pews in front of me, because, you know, you go to Mass, you sit in the same pew, you sit right behind the Bro, same... Bro, I've been sitting in the same pew for like 37 years. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying, is that like you sit in front of the same people, the same people sit behind you. You know who it is going to be. This Sunday, you know who you're going to be sitting by, right? I mean, uh, I don't know their names. 
Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Is that uh, for, you know, like years, there was this guy who sat behind me and I didn't know his name. And like, I gave him the sign of peace every single Sunday. Yeah. I shake this guy's hand, look him in the eyes, wish him the best. Like Christ peace. I'm like, hey man, peace be with you, bro. Yeah. I didn't say that. Right. But I meant it, you know. Uh, Fire be with you or whatever the kids are saying, you know. I don't know. At Conspiracy 2. Yeah, bro. Yeah. So anyway, you invite two pews in front of you and two pews behind you. Okay. To your house for a party. Uh, and he, the way he did it, which I think is like, you know, he branded the pew party. So it's like, I think you got to stick with the rules here because this is, he invented it. Hey, yeah. you want to change it, invent your own whatever. Right. But it was that like, when he handed, he gave them an invitation with the rules of like, hey, I'm inviting you to this pew party. And then you also, or at least someone in your row here in your pew needs to have their pew party. Mm-hmm. So then they're going to invite the two rows in front and the two rows behind, and you're going to be a part of, you know, you're obviously going to get invited to theirs. And so, like, you might end up going to five pew parties, one of which you throw, because it's two rows in front mm-hmm. and two rows behind, and each one of them is going to do the same thing. But then you end up getting to meet all of these people who are, like, immediately in proximity to you at the most important thing that you do every week. Right. The holy sacrifice of the Mass, right? And... It's a great idea. It needs to be. It needs to become a thing. It needs to catch on. You know, my father-in-law. He doesn't have Twitter, right. or X, or whatever. What, it is. Whatever it is, chapstick. Yeah, he doesn't have chapstick. Uh, and so it's not Snapchat or. My dad used to call. He used to call Snapchat, it's like chapstick or whatever it is. Chap face or yeah, chap face. <laughs> was coming up. He never could get it right. It was really funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, Do like, people used to is Snapchat still a thing. I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. I think MySpace is as well. My, well, we have a MySpace page. I know. <laughs> I know all about MySpace. Yeah. The people listening to this episode have no idea what MySpace is. <laughs> no, <laughs> they don't. Uh, but you know, so I, I like. Here's the thing: is that most of the people who enter the church through RCIA, like you had mentioned earlier, like they they uh, their initial uh, reception to the Catholic faith is just through invitation. Right. And if we're going to want if we want to be Christ's light to other people, then you know, it's like the whole uh uh Peter uh, uh first Peter 3 uh 3:15, right? Or 3:16 where it's like, you know, always be ready to defend your faith for that hope that is within you. Right. So, it presupposes the idea that you're going to enter into a conversation and maybe you have to defend your faith into this conversation, mm-hmm. but it's only because of the hope that is within you that the uh, initial conversation has begun. And it, yeah, and that there is hope in you. Right. right. And yeah, so and people it's just, says like, hey, there's something different about you. I want to go talk to you. Exactly. And it's the same with hospitality. There is a, uh, There should be a presumption that you have something to welcome them into, a community, right? right. And that it doesn't suck. Right. Okay? Right. And um, so uh, be the beans. If your community, if you're like thinking, hey, I'm not sure my community is all that, you know, like vibrant or whatever, be the beans. What I mean by that is like it only takes like three or four coffee beans to turn water, a cup of, like your coffee cup of water into coffee. Not my coffee cup. Well, you you have actually Adam, I've been meaning to talk to you. Like <laughs> as like we're your friends here and we love yeah, you. Yeah. And we want the best for you. Okay. And we think that you might have a problem. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we'll finish this later. Okay. okay. Uh <laughs> 
But it just takes a, a few guys sometimes and just like right. to make a big difference and to all of a sudden now there's something happening and people just come, right? Right. Uh, so you you owe it to your community. That's also the thing is that it's, this is a sub-virtue of justice that you're rendering to others, which is there too. You, you owe yourself to the community. Because this is what Christ asked, told us to do, right? Not asked us. He commanded us to do, right? Go and, and baptize all nations, making yeah. them disciples. That's right. Um, so anyway... Uh, you know, go through your own pew party, go through a block party, invite somebody to mass, just like like open your, your lives up to other people right. and, and share, have a common experience with other people. Ultimately, and you know, it's not just about partying, but it's really about sharing your life, okay? Right. And, and hospitality essentially says, come and share the goods that I have. I have found these things to be good. Let me share them with you, right. okay? Whatever those things are, okay? Often, uh, food food is a sure win, okay? Right. Uh, it's a 100% it's a success rate. Food always wins. Beer works too, okay? Right. Um, if, you're, if, you're, if it's men, I found cigars to be very effective, all right? Right. A free cigar goes a long way, right. okay? Like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, that's I... Like a ten, that's like a $10 buy-in to get a soul. Right, that's a pretty good ROI. Right, it's like, hey, uh, neighbor, we're gonna be getting together and, like, a, you know, a church group getting together. You want to come? Nah, it's like there's free cigars. Oh, I'll be there. All right, well, yeah, okay, yeah, free cigars and whiskey. It's like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, you got me. But uh, yeah, hey, uh, I, I, we hope that you, we're praying for you guys at Seek. We hope that everything goes well at the conference. I will be there, so come, come stop by, say hi. I'll be at the Exodus ninety booth. Adam will be wearing a Where's Waldo outfit so um, will not just be. look for no. the red and white stripes i will not be but come say hi I'd, <laughs> I, I would love to meet you uh and hang out but uh yeah this has been the catholic mantra special edition for the seek podcast we're on the lord's team the winning side so raise your glass and cheers to jesus thank you so much for listening friends for more content from this podcast please click the link in the episode description and i invite you to come join us in st louis missouri in encountering the person of Jesus Christ at Seek 24 from January the 1st through January the 5th. For more information and to learn how to register, please visit seek.focus.org.